Welcome everyone to another Tim and John show. And before we get into today's guest, just want to take care of a little bit of the business. And uh, this isn't live, but we're hoping that by the time that this episode is out, that the Liberty Advisor show will be my new central hub that will have all the different media content. We'll have a spot for Tim and John shows, uh, you know, different world alternative media appearances and every, any other random shows and all the places you can find us. Links will all be over there. But highly encourage you guys to check out library.tv. That's LBRY.tv. You can see it scrolling down below as well as float.app because in this world of YouTube censorship and Google censorship and everything, I mean, you can't just rely on always, you know, being able to find us over there. And if you are watching us on World Alternative Media, we'd also encourage our subscribers over there to check us out on my channel, Tippet Show, the Liberty Advisor on YouTube, because, you know, just last night, John and I were doing an election coverage last night, also with Ernest Hancock, and that didn't make it up on Wham. There's lots of other things that don't necessarily make it up on Wham. So if you guys want to check everything out that, that uh, John and I are both doing you definitely want to make sure you're subscribed to my channel as well as float to app as well as library where both of those you can find me at the liberty advisor now okay and that's uh takes care of the media side of things but in terms of doing the actual business if you are interested in becoming a client of mine i am a certified financial planner so if you have an old ira or old 401k uh, and you're worried about what's coming up with the election, you can head over to the libertyadvisor.com. This is for US-based clients with over $50,000. Go to the upper right-hand corner, click work with Tim. You can schedule directly with myself and no, you know, not saying that past performance, past performance is no indication of future returns, but we did get almost all the gains last year and almost none of the losses this year because of the put option strategy we put in place before everything collapsed. So, you know, just saying, just putting that out there. And also when it comes to John Snyson, you can find everything John Snyson's up to at theeconomictruth.org where he offers consulting services and you can get yourself one of his best-selling books there. And you can also find John on LinkedIn where a lot of times he has the number one trending topic on economics. So take that Muhammad El Ayarian. And the last thing I want to promote here is the Red Pill Expo coming up October 10th and 11th. You can find that at redpillexpo.org and uh, promo code the Liberty Advisor will save you some money on some tickets there. And you guys can also stream that event as well. Now, without further ado, we are joined today by Nancy Guberte. Nancy was on the last Union of the Unwanted, and, uh, and which again, if you guys are watching this on World Alternative Media, that one didn't make it up there. So you can find that on, uh, on our, our YouTube channel, find it on the podcast, you know, and, and I really would highly encourage you, I can't say this enough times, you know, YouTube is going after everybody. They don't show everyone, you know, the recommendations. So you guys got to check us out on these other, other platforms. This episode did come together very quickly because we just met two days ago and then this morning put this together for later today. But, you know, continuing on with Nancy's bio, Nancy Guberta is a functional medicine specialist, nutritionist, motivational speaker, and passionate to empower others to become their health advocate. She is the founder of Total Wealth Empowerment. She is also the host of the Total Wellness Empowerment Podcast and author of Healthy Living Every Day, Total Wellness for Mind and Body. Healthy Living Every Day is your wellness blueprint offering an array of alternative healing and preventative therapies with more than 365 pages of reflective questions, empowering truth and simple steps covering many alternative factors to wellness. Now, uh, with that said, one of the reasons why I why I wanted to have her on is because I heard her say that she used to work for Goldman Sachs. And I got to thinking, I'm like, that's pretty much the most divergent career path I've ever heard going from Goldman Sachs, the, you know, the vampire squid, not that's my words, not yours, uh, to, to uh, becoming a functional uh, medicine practitioner. Now, I did hear of one other one when I was in college, I met, a, I met a lady who was a dentist and then left from being a dentist to becoming a pastry chef, but she was using xylitol as part of her, her 
baking needs. And I, and that's one of the only ones I even remember. And that was, uh, you know, that was probably back in 2007, 2008. So aside from, aside from the, the dentist who became a pastry chef, I think you might be in the number two spot for uh, most divergent career paths. But if you want to let us know anything, I, anything I missed on, on your bio, and maybe want to give us an introduction and how you found yourself, uh, you know, going from the financial world, or basically let us know like how you got into the financial world, how you found your career path to eventually get you to Goldman Sachs. And I think that'd be a great place to start, start Nancy. Okay. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it was great being on the same show the other day. It was just around like-minded truth seekers. And that's what you really want in today's world. So when I first started, I was actually very uh, technical geek. I was a programmer and I worked in brokerage and I worked my way to Goldman Sachs and I was on the trading floor. And I absolutely loved what I did because Goldman Sachs out of all the companies was really the elite uh, brainiacs there. I'm not saying crazy things didn't happen, but you were around such super intelligent people and they were running so many different things like what, during the Gulf War and gas and the price of gasoline, everything happened on that trading floor. So I really love that. And I was responsible for 150 institutional clients and basically to have those clients do more trades with Goldman Sachs. And at the time I was, uh, I still am, but I was married, I had two young kids and I absolutely loved what I did. I traveled four days a week throughout our Chicago, San Fran, um, Boston, and um, always domestic travel four days. And one day I went into at 85 Broad Street in New York City. And then my youngest son developed a liver disorder. And I took him to the best children's hospitals and they would take so much blood and say they had no idea what was going on. And he kept, the ammonia kept building in his body and every six weeks he would just expel it out of him and he would turn completely white, including his lips. And I was like, this kid's gonna die. And these doctors have no answer. And I am not one who liked biology in school or how the body performed or functioned whatsoever. But I went from one specialist to another and they couldn't guarantee me anything. They couldn't say we could make him better. They couldn't say this is the course of treatment, nothing. And then they would put the fear of, we don't even know what his mental capacity is gonna be at this point because the ammonia keeps building up in his body. So I knew that I needed, I was at a crossroad and I thought, my God, I love my career and it took, you know, it's 15 years. I'm right at the point of, you know, so many wonderful doors have opened at Goldman Sachs, but this child needs me and no one could help me. And these so-called specialists and experts cannot guide me. And then I heard someone say, well, why don't you look into some type of non-invasive testing? Blood doesn't really show the way. So I found out about functional medicine and I worked with some researchers in Spain and Italy that were doing liver research. And put all of this together and I went to school and became um, a functional medicine practitioner and a nutritionist while I was still at Goldman I, as for a few, like about a 12 to 16 months. And then I jumped ship and I said, I can't, I can't do both. And really the goal was just to get my son to 
be healed and to live um, and to see what type of capacity he had mentally as well as physically, because it's all connected. That was the goal. The goal was never to open my own practice and become a full-blown functional medicine practitioner. But when, during that transformation, I said, I can't go back. But I did go back to Fidelity and Goldman Sachs and a few asset management companies. And I said, you know what? You guys are stressed out and you're all killing yourselves. So I put together this corporate wellness program and I worked with their top executives to help them. And it was at the time I called it a 12 steps to healthy living because I thought, you know, a lot of these guys are in AA anyway, so (laughs) they get the 12 steps. And um, that's what I did as far as wellness in the corporate world. But then the the practice really grew and um, I focused on my individual patients. So that that's how I made my leap. Now, at this point, was there any um, point while you're working at Goldman that you're, I mean, I, I mean, as being as part of the union of the unwanted, I mean, obviously you're probably awake to a lot of things, but it was seeing your son struggle. Is that what then woke you up to other things that were going on in the world or just, you know? Exactly. Because once you start to, you start to then get a piece of a puzzle and you're like, wait, well, that makes sense here. Why can't I run these tests in in the state of New York? Why can't I run them in New Jersey? Why can't a person find out what their vitamin C levels are? That's ridiculous. Why can't we find out what our glutathione levels are? That shows us our detoxification. Why isn't anyone looking at food and supplements and homeopathic? Why is that considered voodoo? There's science, 2,000, 3,000 years of science behind this. And then you start to say, oh my God, like what? why was that partner talking to that, you know, fed guy? And then the next thing you know, the gas went up so crazy, (laughs) the gasoline, you know? It's just like, now you start to see it in bulk sectors. And I think they don't like that. (laughs) Because then I was like talking to several of the partners and saying, well, this is what I see. And and they were like, maybe you wanna talk to human resources. And I was like, why? I don't you find that fascinating? And and they didn't. So you're gonna, yeah. You're gonna get us taken off of YouTube. You're talking about vitamin C. I mean, didn't, didn't you get the uh, memo that what Susan Wojcinski says, uh, you know, you're not allowed to talk about vitamin C. She's I, I couldn't believe that that was the thing that she mentioned. She's like, if you get into, you know, alternative, you know, things like vitamin C, I'm like, well, that's the one you're gonna start with. I mean, there's a lot of other, you know, a lot of other more alternative things you can mention than vitamin C, but it just goes but, to show you what their you know thought process is. And that's why, you know, I mentioned that I had to create a password protected website to put all of my information. And I saw in the comments, they were like, well, can't you get rid of, like, couldn't you protect it another way and just keep it on your website? First of all, as a practitioner, you don't want to be targeted. There's been a lot of alternative practitioners that have been targeted and they're no longer here. That's one. So I don't need to be targeted. The second thing is I did talk about vitamin C on YouTube because there is certain vitamin C's like liposomal vitamin C. I know companies are very big on that because they say it absorbs, you absorb it really well, but your body can actually help replicate the virus with that particular vitamin C. So I mentioned it on YouTube and I got attacked. And then I was like, well, here's the research because somebody was like, show us the research. Well, here it is. Like, I won't say something if I can't back it because I'm I, you know, numbers is my background, right? So I I always say numbers don't lie. Like here it is, you know, here's the truth. 
So you have to watch what you say and you definitely are censored. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you have to have alternative ways for people to be able to hear the truth. I'm calling it, I'm calling it Hootube. Sorry, John. Yeah, I, I think like one, one thing that I've done is, you know, talk to a lot of different trades and finance and, and so on. And what it seems like is everybody's compartmentalized into their little speciality and everybody doesn't understand, like, for example, an accountant doesn't understand banking uh, per se, or uh, a investment advisor doesn't understand, uh, you know, how uh, forensic accounting or like it's forth and back. And, you know, the academics at the Federal Reserve doesn't understand necessarily how, uh, you know, uh, how stock trading works. So, so they're like all uh, like a part of the, the whole grand picture, but they're all like in this little bubble. So they never really get to question because they're stuck in, uh, stuck in a bubble. And I, I think that's, you know, what you gradually start to look at one little puzzle piece, you start to find more and more and more. And, and that's what, you know, uh, we're getting taught at school not to do, right? Not to question authority and question, um, you know, have a, what's called cognitive dissonance. And, and that becomes a big problem because people get stuck. And I see that, you know, in all kinds of different trades, whatever you're out there doing, everybody gets stuck in their little bubble and, and nobody understands or can communicate and talk for, you know, creating a better world uh, for everyone if, if you actually got to do it. But I, I, I think it's set up like that kind of for a reason. So like nobody actually, uh, very few are able to get out. Like there's, from Goldman Sachs, there's very few whistleblowers, for example. There's no, uh, I believe Nomi Prince, right, uh, Tim, uh, was at Goldman Sachs, of course. Uh, but there's very few people that actually come out of Goldman Sachs because it is a, it is the institution. Like it is the best where, you know, most of the best quants, everybody, uh, you know, top of their game in, in the financial sector goes to because they pay the best, of course, on top of, you know, wanting to actually have the best guys on their team. Uh, and you, of course, like think about this, Tim, you know, we got Mario Draghi, uh, you know, the former head of the financial stability board that then become the financial stability board. Uh, Mario Draghi came out of Italy, out of Goldman Sachs there in Europe. And, and then of course you have Mark Carney here from Canada, former Bank of Canada governor that uh, took over Bank of England uh, and then took over financial stability board. Now is back in Canada trying to run this green new deal that they're trying to push through. But he's also a big, uh, you know, one of the big Goldman Sachs guys out there that I can think of just off of my hand uh, in the first place. And of course, uh, Lloyd Blankfein and, and others uh, out there. But yeah, there's, the, you could find about Goldman Sachs half, people about, about in all. Trump's, about half of the Trump's cabinet, yeah. and, uh, Stephen Mnuchin. I mean, obviously it goes back yeah. to, you know, Obama's cabinet and Bush's cabinet yeah. and, you know. and All the, the treasury friends. sector is most of them. Hank Paulson, of course. Yeah, that's another one. So yeah, you, like they're smart people. It's it's not that, you know, they're, uh, they're stupid or anything. Like they're really, really smart people. Uh, the problem is, you know, uh, what they're involved in. That's uh, another little questionable thing, of course. <laughs> right, like look at Corzine. So he was at Goldman. And, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Not and then right. he goes into MF politics. Global, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then at MF Global, he was commingling funds where they had a bad deal on Greek bonds and was was too far out ahead of that. Which, which also lost. was a Goldman. The reason why Greece is in the European Union was Goldman Sachs meddling with their numbers, taking, you know, uh, 
things off balance sheet through special work purpose vehicles and so on. So Goldman Sachs was involved there again too, right? So well, yeah, they're, they're there's, well, there's, at least there was one per, good person. Well, by good person, I mean a bad person that lost money on that Greek uh, bet. It was actually yeah. Hillary Clinton's uh, son-in-law, Mark. <laughs> I forgot his name, like Mark Maroshek or whatever. He was betting against Greek bonds and got wiped out completely as well. But Corzine, well, the Cyprus bailing came out of that too. Well, Corzine literally they took money from their clients at NF Global to cover their out of their segregated accounts, took it to them, covered bad bets that were going on uh, in other parts of the firm. And even like Gerald Salente got caught. Like that's how he yeah, that's, caught yeah. up in yeah. all that from MF Global and yeah, New Jersey state senator and on all that sort of stuff that's going on. But yeah, it's, and you mentioned Nomi Prince, John, and I do have one of her books here, uh, All the President's Bankers, where she writes, where she goes through and talks about all the you know, close relationships that all the presidents had with various bankers. And, and to me, it almost seems like, like coming, unfortunately, I didn't really, it wasn't really until my junior year of, of, of college is when I, you know, when Goldman really got on my radar and I went down there for, actually, I was down there in 2008 as well. So I was, no, it was November 2007. I was there like literally the exact height of like right before like the bubble popped. Like, I think the Dow was 14,000. It dropped 300 points that day, which three back when, you know, 300 points was actually a lot yeah. and something that was rare. Yeah, something that like never happens. Uh, and I remember, I remember being there and like thinking that they were the best people in the world and that's who I wanted to work for someday. But then obviously then the financial crisis happened and, you know, there was no one hiring stockbrokers from, uh, well, nobody was hiring anything like that, uh, or stock analysts is what I wanted to be. But, you know, and unfortunately, I then after the 2008 crash, tried to reverse engineer what actually happened, and then basically discovered, okay, well, a lot of times through their influence and through, you know, other, uh, you know, take a look at what went on with AIG, where essentially they had bet against AIG after selling them all these different derivatives. And then yeah, now yes, they, needed, yeah. then they needed to get a bailout from, um, <laughs> from Hank Paulson, who was the treasury secretary at the time. So then that way AIG got a bailout. So then that way they could pay back Goldman Sachs. And, and it got to the point of, you know, wanting to, you know, work for these guys and wanting to be one of them to realizing that, you know, they were really part of this problem, but but while you're in there, it doesn't mean that every person working at Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan's a bad person because they're compartmentalized. They've got their blinders on. They're doing whatever thing they're doing. And and can you speak more about that? Uh, just like in you know Wall Street's attitude, or you know, because it's not like people want to in the conspiracy community want to make it out like every single person at these companies <laughs> has got their fingers on the switch. And when in actuality, everyone's compartmentalized. And there's probably people even close to the top that don't even know what's going on. Exactly. I mean, it, it, the way you explained it with it's in financial, how this one, the banker and the accountant, no one knows what they're doing. We see that also in medicine, right? The cardiologist yeah. <laughs> doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, all, the, all the different trade. Yeah, no one. Right. <laughs> so it, you see it across sectors. But at Goldman, I mean, I will say this. When I worked at Lehman Brothers, you could tell the place was bad. <laughs> the culture was bad. I would say that in Credit Suisse First Boston. I mean, everybody was having affairs with everyone. You, I had the pic crosses in my cubicle. I was like thinking, I think I'm like some crazy person. But I was like, okay, can you pass my cubicle? Because every like there was so much crazy stuff going on. It was Payton's place at Credit Suisse First Boston. It was sick. I don't know how anyone got any work done. And then Lehman Brothers, I thought was a step up until you started to see. I think what happens is what back then at Lehman Brothers, it was uh, during that boom, boom time, you know, and then the women sued and, and they won the case. But 
there was a are lot talking about, of, are we talking about the like late 90s or we talking about 2000s or what what like approximate you know it was um the early uh it was the 90s it was the 90s where at lehman brothers the traders would make such sexual um passes at any woman married not you know didn't matter it was so bad um at lehman brothers and it almost for you know you felt really bad for the people who succumbed to that um but they got sued beautifully and they had to pay um but that company they definitely you could tell that they were going to go under because they were all very shady i mean i it would be easier to say the percentage of clean people at that place yeah. and then when you went to so from there i went to goldman sachs and i was like oh wow this is so refreshing because everybody's you know i don't see that like i don't see people having affairs i don't see people tr trying to pull the you know i'm your boss do this they were super, super intelligent to the point of super nerdy. You know, you the people in charge of research um, and, and the real numbers crunching it were just had their head down all day. And we worked like we would a car would pick me up at like 530 in the morning, get me down and then um, to work. And then I would leave at around 11 o'clock at night. So you'd work that many hours. Um, and you loved it, though, because you felt like you were, you know, it was just it was just so it, uh, there was such a high and it was clean, you know, like no one had time to go out and party. Where at these other companies, they did. They played hard and they worked hard. Over here, they just worked hard. Then when you started to get with the partners, you would be like, okay, so that partner's clean, but that partner's not. And then it was almost like, oh, that's disappointing. Because here, I thought this was the company to work at. And it was. I mean, it was like the golden handcuffs. They paid you amazing. And, you know, and they had that bonus structure. So you weren't going to leave <laughs> because you'd found out like November, December, what your bonus was going to be. And you may not get everything till February. So they had a way of keeping you, but they were the classiest of all the companies. And you were definitely with the brightest, but the more you were with them after hours or traveling with them, you know, I don't, I don't drink. So um, I don't drink because I get headaches, you know, sulfites, all that stuff, right? I'm too busy trying to keep my brain and everybody else's brain healthy that um, I never really liked it. But everybody else, when they drink around you, that's fantastic. Because now they've let down their guard and now you hear the truth and you see where the deals are made. And you see that like Broker Tech, I don't know if you knew Broker Tech, but Broker Tech came out of this um, brainchild of Goldman Sachs with these other companies. And when 9-11 happened, Broker Tech came in and I heard one of the uh, managing directors was like, you know, it's really sad what happened to those companies in the towers but broker tech's gonna take off because of it. And I just thought like that was so crude, but it was, they were so opportunist. And then you started to see what was really going on. And they took care of you because you were increasing their revenue. So if I was increasing their revenues by 55 million a year, just by doing their e-commerce and making sure um, these 
150 institutional clients would do trades with us because they got the research from us as opposed from getting it from Bloomberg. That's why they were treating you so nicely. Not because they really cared. So they covered it up better, but I will say not everybody was evil there whatsoever or dishonest um, or opportunist. Now, when you were there, were you awake to like the Federal Reserve or uh, I mean, I imagine you're probably awake to it at, at this point, but is that something that was on your radar of, you know, how like kind of the whole system works? I know when I was in school, I was in the class that won the national competition on the Fed. Now, I wasn't actually in like I was the only per member of my Federal Reserve class that decided not to do this because I didn't want to waste all my weekends going down to New York City every weekend. But anyways, my classmates won against Harvard, Yale, and MIT. And I didn't even know the Fed was private. And our saying was, in Fed we trust instead of in God we trust. And and I'm thinking, and one day I see this guy who looks like Rob Zombie telling me that the Fed's private. And I'm thinking, oh, you're full of crap. And, you know, I've got a Series 7, Series 66 life hacks and health on my way to get my CFP was on the class to win the national competition. And, and you're going to tell me that something I don't know. And so when I found out that the Fed was private, I was like, Holy crap. Like, like if I don't know this, who the hell else? I mean, and then luckily, cause the guys like Ron Paul and Gia Griffin, obviously that, you know, millions of people, if not tens of millions of people are aware, but is this something that was on your radar when you were working uh, for wall street or do you think it was on not, the radar of other people? Not at the beginning and definitely not for other people. No, you have to, because again, you go there and be, so I was at Goldman Sachs before and then after they went IPO and before they went IPO, it was much more family oriented. And um, so you just thought you were part of the family. That's how they made you feel. So you didn't look for the bad trait in anybody. And then after it changed just like that, um, when they went IPO and you, and, and that's when, you know, so I would say a year before they went IPO is when I started to see what was really going on and, and what they covered up and how all these personalities and relationships work together. And they did favors and they would manipulate people and their money. Yeah, it seems like they really made a transition from, you know, Goldman Sachs to what obviously people have heard, of, you know, government Sachs, where all of a sudden they got their people into, which is, you know, a brilliant strategy to get your people into all the positions of, of high power, both, you know, here and, and abroad, like Mark mentioned, or not Mark, uh, I think it's Super Mario, uh, you know, Mario Draghi, uh, you know, former Goldman, then, you know, head of the ECB and, uh, you know, and it seems like their tentacles His everywhere. name is actually Super Mario, Tim. So. I know that's that's why that's why I was saying that. Well, you're on. You better watch it. You got two Italians on there on here. That's <laughs> inappropriate. No. Uh, but yeah, it just seems like they then just became more of like a lobbying firm where it was. You know, they had all their people in, in power, and then you know it's very easy to get things done when you can go to someone that used used to work underneath you or used to be your boss and ask for this deal or this contract or what's the inside baseball on that, and it and it really seems like and it almost. You know, it almost seems like that's what almost like Warren Buffett has kind of sort of devolved into the past, you know, decade. Uh, not to take anything away from him, you know, the other 80 years he was in there. But, you know, it, it sort of seems like now that peddling influence is, is really the most valuable asset that, you know, these major Wall Street firms really have. 100%. And I think I also see it in universities. So like, you know, um, Fordham University, the business school is called Gabelli. Um, and you have, you have, um, 
Goldman Sachs people that, you know, they meet the presidents of universities are very powerful. I don't care if they're a Jesuit priest or not. They're very powerful. And you start to see it's very political as well. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that, you know, 100%. And unfortunately now, I mean, they've all basically, and it also, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, this person went to a Jesuit school, so they must be a part of this. And I can tell you right now, there's, you know, people I know that went to Jesuit schools. I was recruited by a Jesuit school to swim there, and it doesn't mean I'm part of the Illuminati or anything. So, you know, I see people that want to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater on everything. But I guess, you know, if we, if we you know, just kind of switch gears to the health side of things, you know, for those who don't know, I am, you know, an Ironman triathlete. I've done, you know, a lot of different health related things, uh, even though people, you know, might not necessarily know that about me. But, you know, one thing that John turned me on to recently, I want to see if, uh, if this is something you've heard of, but have you heard of a guy named Wim Hof before or, or familiar with his like breathing method that he's supposedly trying to like alkalize his body? Uh, I recently started doing this. I know John's been doing it for a while here and just wanted to see if that was anything that was on your radar because it would just seem like such a fascinating thing that's so, so something so simple as you know having a breathing technique can then help alkalize your body so i didn't know if that's anything that was on your radar that you could speak of i mean breathing is so important and people usually hold their breath people don't breathe deeply um they have mask on <laughs> the mask is a problem with the breathing as well you know um you try to run or walk fast with a mask, that's not too good. But um, we use breathing to help regulate anxiety and stress. And what I've noticed is that people don't, well, people aren't mindful. That's one thing. Um, they're not mindful the way they sit, the way they breathe. But breathing is so important. And if you even check your oxygen levels, when you're deep breathing and really focusing on your breathing and when you're not, you can increase the numbers if you just focus and do deep breathing. But it can definitely alkaline your body if done properly. And maybe do you want to explain what, what alkaline your body means to, uh, to the, our viewers who might not know what that means? So inflammation is behind all illness and acid as well. So we have to keep a balance of acid and alkaline. And most people are very acidic and it could be from the foods they eat. It could be that they're not balancing their foods if they're eating animal protein and they're not eating a green or drinking wheatgrass or taking spirulina with that. They're not balancing the acid to alkaline it. Um, our blood, and um, our cells all need that delicate balance. And I always say like, you have to know your body to know what is that right balance. The same thing with beneficial bacteria. We need the right balance of beneficial bacteria as opposed to patho, you know, pathogens in our body. So when we alkaline, we can help get rid of the acid and the inflammation. And that's a big issue because a lot of people are not breathing deeply. A lot of people are not hydrated whatsoever. And a lot of people are not eating balanced meals. So there, and you could see alkaline waters out there. Um, and you can see acid alkaline diets. I would highly recommend people look at that. So they know how to balance their meals and they keep a journal of how they feel after they eat or drink or breathe, or are they holding their breath? Um, all of this is super important. 
It's amazing how you can just get back to basics when it comes to, you know, breathing in clean air, your actual breathing techniques, when it comes down to, you know, having, you know, clean air in your house and then also, you know, water. I mean, those are probably three of the most basic things. And, you know, we've got, you know, fluoride and poison in the waters. And uh, sorry, John, what would you want to say? The water and the oxygen is the two most important parts that your body needs. Of course, like water, it's 71% to 75%. That's just a bunch of different numbers. But I'm, I'm a guy that sweats a lot. And uh, so for me, I, I just like, I always pay very close attention to the, the amount of water that you have in your body. And as soon as I get below, like on a really hot day, I go as high as 10 to 12 liters of water to actually not feel like depleted at the end of the day. Um, that, and then of course, like if I go as low as five liters, like now I feel like the next day you feel like it, like you almost have a headache a little bit, like you feel totally off on what you could do. So it's just so important, like going back to the basics with your body and, and understanding that because if you, if you don't take care of the basics, you could eat, you know, I, I know people that just, you know, they eat healthy, but they drink very little water, for example. And they don't get like even through the salads and uh, you know all the vegetables and stuff that they eat, they don't get enough uh, water into their body, so they start to get headaches and so on. Like I cured so many headaches with people that I know that are just like drink water. <laughs> That's uh, what well, like. Oh no, you're definitely gonna off. kick off now. You're talking about cures, John. You're gonna get completely. Kick oh, sorry. Off yeah, the, no, it's yeah, more like you help the the uh, you know, the, the headache with, with water. No, it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful for me. Like I really have learned a lot about that. And especially in winter time too, like living up here, like you actually learn that like in winter time, you need almost to hydrate as much as you do in summertime because you lose almost the same amount of water just through a, a like a vaporization kind of thing. So, yeah, no, I, I, I really like, I found that the water is such an important thing, of course, on top of all the other nutrients and vitamins and everything. But if you don't take care of the water, you're going to have a serious problem as well. And even something else as basic as sunlight. I mean, it's hard to tell. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. It's hard to tell yeah, with like this bright white really, really light. Yeah. yeah, I got this big bright white light on me, but you know, I am pretty tan. But there is, you know, even in like Phoenix, Arizona, a lot of people here probably get nowhere near the amount of sunlight because they're spending all summers indoors. They don't want to get burned. And so they're just, you know, they're probably some of the most deficient people on earth are probably One, and, people living here. Yeah, and in northern communities, I, I've been as far north as like, probably like in, I don't know, equal it in Canada, but not in Canada, but in Norway, like all the way up there, depression was really high because there they have the midnight sun, but they also have like six months of dark period. So it was a, a very prevalent during the, during the dark period that people were like, they were really telling me that they're struggling with depression and a lot of things yeah, up there I, and on a way bigger scale than they were uh, elsewhere because they're that massive lack of vitamin D3 that comes from the sun. Yeah, I would so, go but, six, but, I would go six months the, without sleeping. Back to the anyways. <laughs> sorry. No, and even even when you go yeah. out in the sun, like I always say, get out before the high sun and don't put suntan lotion on. Don't block the sun. Like people will put it on, even women will put it on their face constantly all year round. And I'm like, okay, you need a little sun. Like let the body get it, but don't yeah. go, you know, if you, you have to say it in such a way that you're not saying, oh yeah, go out in the sun with no sun to lotion and get totally burned. No, go out and even, you know, not in the high sun, let your eyes get it too, even for 15 minutes, then come in if you are going back into the sun and put the suntan lotion on you. 
but we need that. The water is so important. I mean, I can't tell you how many people say they don't have bowel movements every day. And I'm like, how much water are you drinking? I mean, and, and you think you're going to get the toxins out of you. And the question that's always very hard to answer is how much water does one need? Well, you mentioned before, you know, if you're exercising, you're going to need more water. If you tend to sweat more, that person's going to need more water. And this is why I say you need to be your best health advocate. So for me, I had to be my son's best health advocate. And I think parents also need to do this. I don't care how young your kids are, like since my kids have been two and now they're in their 20s and I just look at them and say, amen, that they are so into their health. They are so into not eating any processed sugar. Who's running marathons? Who's doing yoga, elevating his body for two hours every morning? I'm like, wow, they really took it so seriously because they know how it they give them energy and their mood and their mental clarity. Who wrote 27 books? Who has a digital marketing agency? I'm like, God bless. You can't tell me that there is not a correlation with what you put in your body and your lifestyle factors and how your mood is going to be, how your success is going to be, because it's a ripple effect in all areas of your life, even your finances. When you are awake to living a healthy lifestyle of mind and body, it affects all areas. You're not going to marry a toxic person. You're not. Not if you are awake. <laughs> You're not going to be around people who are doing these horrible vices. You're going to set goals because you're setting goals for your body. You're setting goals for your future. And I feel that parents need to know this. They should teach this in school. They should teach finances in school. Very easy. Income and expenses. How bad do you want this? Go work for it. Or you probably, you may realize you don't want it so bad. What do you really want? What are your goals? Otherwise, we just have everybody coming through the system, being taught, and I think they're being numb and dumbed down. Because yeah, good, they're uh, good, obedient uh, employees. <laughs> it's so bad. And, and the water thing, if, I, if somebody else says to me, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm so dehydrated. Well, I don't like the taste of water. I mean, so stick a lemon in it, stick stevia in it, stick something in it, you know, like it shouldn't when be you so do, hard. Yeah, when you do need it, though, it's, it feels so good. So I don't know, like it's, uh, it just feels like you're drinking something like it, it's just water, but it feels like actually getting something that's uh, beyond like heaven when you actually really need it. And all your organs need it. Your, yeah. your skin needs it. Even your bones have 22% water in them. I mean, <laughs> it's not Gatorade, it's water. <laughs> so that and sleep. Sleep is very important. Recently, we lost our electricity from some storm. We lost it for like a week. And I was like, you know what? We have a generator. We could use the generator. I was like, let's forget about that. Let's just go with the rhythm of the sun. And I have to tell you, it's very fascinating because you have to wake up when the sun comes up and do all your work. And then when it starts to get dark, yeah, we could have put the lights on through the generator. I said, well, it's not. You go to bed. Like follow the rhythm. And I always tell people, you need to go to bed the same day you woke up. So if you wake up at 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10 a.m. or whatever, you have to go to bed that day before midnight. Start winding down at 11. Don't go to bed the following day after midnight. You have thrown off your body for two days now. And the older you get, the harder it takes to reset. And very few people 
you know, once they see that, they realize. But again, this is something that nobody tells them. Go to bed the same day you wake up. These are all just such, you know, basic things, but it's what you can do to help increase your immune system. And so everything that the system wants us to do is to be dependent on, oh, take this, you know, take this, I almost said vitamin, but they don't want to do that. Take this vaccine or, you know, put this mask on and they never want anyone to get on the, yeah, they never want anyone to get on the offense, you know, with it. And so, you know, it's just something that has got to, it's just so frustrating when, you know, and it's weird because I actually, I wore a mask flying back February 19th, mainly just to be a jerk to the TSA and they were pissed at me and I actually have it on video. Well, I haven't released it yet, but they were, I wore a mask just because to get my global entry pre-check interview and they were not having it at all. And then, you know, I didn't wear a mask in July and then they were pissed at me, but then you get all these people who make comments at me. It's like, listen, when you do, you know, like one tenth of the stuff I do on the, on the offensive side, then I'll, you know, pay attention to what you have to say on, you know, when it comes to, oh, wear a mask when, and, and, now, and I had a stockpile of masks, not a stockpile, like 60 masks that I bought six years ago, but I'm not even using masks. And I, and I haven't put one on in three months. I uh, wore a few times because I was actually in New York when they made it when they required it in Arizona, then when I flew back to Arizona, they well, actually, then they banned people coming from, uh, coming from uh, Arizona to New York, which actually my dad was supposed to come out here next week, but now they've put Arizona back on the, uh, back yes. on the naughty yeah, list. Okay. Now it's, uh, it's mandatory oh. here where I'm in Canada too as well, but actually where I live, I live two kilometers away from the border of like where it's mandatory or not. So I, I actually, where it's not mandatory. <laughs> Wow, that's good. Yeah. Well, you know what? What got me frustrated with all of this, I kept saying, okay, all, all these people with pre-existing conditions are so vulnerable. Who is teaching them? Nowhere did they say, this is how you live a healthier lifestyle. Okay, so how about this? You want to protect your lungs because they say this affects the lungs and then you need a ventilator, which it's all screwed up, that logic. But in any event, we need glutathione to protecting our lungs. And how do we create glutathione? We create glutathione with NAC, N-acetylcysteine, and vitamin C. They're precursors to glutathione, right? Okay. What lowers glutathione? Alcohol. What is an essential store? Liquor store. So the essential store, <laughs> and in, at least over here in New York, liquor stores were open. So people are going and they're getting their liquor and they're lowering their glutathione levels because they're drinking alcohol. So they're making themselves more vulnerable because their lungs are not protected. The, whose logic was that? No one knows because Fauci or whoever or the who or whatever, CDC, they're not looking at it from a glutathione, oh, let's boost the immune system, oh, let's look at sleep and drink your food and acid alkaline and eat your balanced meals. And how about let's eat organic because glyphosate, which is Monsanto's baby, which is now owned by Bayer, and don't tell me that's not going to be in your Bayer aspirin pretty soon. Which Bayer, which Bayer, which Bayer's predecessor company was IG Farben, which made the gas that killed the Jews. But you know who's who's keeping. Yeah, and, and Monsanto did Agent Orange that uh, killed millions in uh, yeah. in uh, Vietnam, of course. So it's a good exactly. Is this messed yeah. up? But the glyphosate lowers your beneficial bacteria, which increases anxiety, increases depression. And and lowers your immune system. So all these people, when they're like listening to, oh, well, Dr. Oz said you could eat these foods that aren't organic and these foods, I'm like, really? What logic is that? 
the seed is not organic, it's genetically modified, and it has a coating that it resists this glyphosate. And then, supposedly, and then it gets put into soil, contaminated. And you mean to tell me, just because it's like a watermelon and it has a, you know, outside, that you could eat that non-organic? That makes no sense. Like, how are we so blind to the truth? I, I have I have a thought here. So like recently I had my dogs, you know, the apparently grapes is supposed to be extremely, extremely toxic to to dogs, but my little Pomeranian and my lab ate about ten to twenty grapes from my organically grown garden. I have no pesticides whatsoever in my surroundings. So what I'm wondering, and I do a lot of research on this stuff, you know, to try to figure out what's going on. And so I, I read that, you know, they said that we have no clue what really causes it but it's definitely not pesticides. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. It's probably the glyphosate because grapes yeah. are highly sprayed. So when you're drinking that wine yeah. and it's not organic, yeah, you're exactly. also putting so many pesticides because they know that glyphosate is a carcinogenic. What they don't know is the power of a cocktail of pesticides. When you add the glyphosate with another pesticide, it increases. It's like a, you know, when you have those superbugs, right? And the antibiotics are not going to help you anymore. Same thing. So that could be the very thing with the grapes. It's and now just, it's going to get even worse because everybody putting on all the hand sanitizers is going to probably create a whole new breed of superbugs. But, you know, don't tell people that and then also like the meaning of even organic like they've really have messed up that term too we're, we're now because of lobbying you can have something that's not really organic in the true sense of the form but they can put it in the grocery store and label it as organic and charge you know more for it and what's really messed up is they'll say non-gmo right so here you think you're doing the right thing like we'll use cheerios for example they have a um non-gmo cheerio but yet it is the <laughs> highest level of glyphosate, the highest level. Think about the little babies, yeah. they need their finger food. Every pediatrician then will say, once they do the rice, which is loaded with the arsenic, then they'll go to the Cheerios, which is loaded with the glyphosate and it's destroying their immune system. And they say there were um, researchers, MIT and Stanford researchers that said, and I mean, it's pretty soon, 2025, one in two kids will have, be somewhere on the spectrum. Now, somewhere on the spectrum could be that there are speech delayed or PDD, pervasive development disorder, or autism, or Asperger's, or at, you know, apraxia, um, or sensory integration disorder, or auditory processing. It doesn't just be autism. There's so many, really, it's like neurological and functioning and executive function functioning issues. So we don't all have the same genes. What's the commonality? It's either water, food, or air. I say we go deeper into that and it's the food and the water. And that's the problem. So like the testing that I run, I love the testing because we can see 77 markers of how the body's functioning we could hone in on like 18 markers of the GI tract. Is there um, bacteria? Um, is there candida? 
And then we go into the mitochondrial and how are the cells getting that ATP energy through the nutrition? And then how is the detoxification and how's the glutathione and the vitamin C? And let's look at the vitamin B levels because that's the adrenal system. And then let's look at neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine and ephrine. And on the opposite side of that, let's look at our excitotoxins. What's exciting? Do we have excitotoxins that are just killing our brain cells and the nerve endings? And then depending on, we also check for glyphosate, which is very fascinating to see those levels. Then depending on the person, like if they were a veteran and if they worked on a military base, we look for 185 different toxins from the water. And we see Agent Orange stuff still in them. Now, they could never have fought there, but the water has it. Well, even so, the baby, like a newborn um, baby. I forget, my mom showed me some documentary a while ago where it showed even like a newborn baby had all these different environmental toxins. Well, it's like DDT. Remember how they used DDT back in the day as yes. well, right? Like that was everywhere. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Cheerios. I mean, not to get disgusted, but like the history, literally the history of like Dr. Like was it Kellogg and, and cornflakes was he, he invented that because he thought that sexual desires and and having sex and masturbating was actually contributing to uh, illness. And so he invented cornflakes to then try to get people to stop masturbating, which I don't want to be disgusting, but it actually is. <laughs> I had heard it actually on Sam Tripoli's tinfoil hat and I looked it up. I'm like, holy, because he was like a seventh day Ad Adventist. You guys go search this on your own. I'm not making this up. Uh, so it's, it's, and then we got the whole propaganda campaign and I bought into it when I was younger of you got to have, you know, breakfast being your biggest meal and, and, you know, have some cornflakes too while you're at it. So what can you talk about in terms of like breakfast and, and cause even, I mean, and then there's also a big campaign, you know, even like milk and milk does it body good. And, and even in like it, even in like the triathlete world now, like chocolate milk then sponsors all these different athletes. Cause like, you know, the best thing you can have after your race is a chocolate milk. And can you kind of speak to some of that? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> so like the pyramid too. Ever since the pyramid came in, everybody got obese, right? Cause they were pushing all of the pasta and the wheat and the bread and the muffins and bagels and everything. So first of all, you know, Dairy's a problem, okay? <laughs> I have a problem with dairy. We used to test dementia, Alzheimer's, and autism, and we would test peptides of dairy, the casein, and the gluten, because those are the two highest peptides that are very hard to break down. And for this subset of individuals that had these health issues, the most severe could not break them down because we are not made like the cow, right? And we don't have the stomach uh, functionality. Casein is very hard. Now, if you add the fact that it's not organic milk, well, then you just take it to another level because there's growth hormones in there and there's antibiotics and that causes the decline of your beneficial bacteria and that could cause candida to grow on your stomach lining and stop the absorption of nutrients. But for dairy, I mean, there's so many other alternatives because we don't need dairy, right? And that was part of a, another campaign and the lobbyist and just like the tobacco and the sugar. Um, you really want to look at whole foods, 
um, that are like one ingredient. I've, I, I never recommend dairy. I have, um, have a special uh, baby formula that we use with organic coconut milk or um, organic coconut milk has lauric acid in it. So it's closest to breast milk. And we use that and we put nutrients in it and we put like DMG in it, which is great to bring oxygen to the cellular level. And then we'll put in some type of um, DHEA and essential um, fats that are not from fish when it's a newborn um, to supplement the breast milk. And even if you can't breastfeed, we use this as well. So I would say that we have seen so many individuals that cannot break down dairy this is where you should get rid of it for three months, 100%. It's very hard. People are like, oh, you know, I'm like 99%. No, you need to remove it 100% for three months to let your body discharge it and get it out of your cells, especially if you have a sluggish detoxification. And so many people feel so much lighter. We've seen kids, it's like taking the veil off of their face when we get them off of dairy, that the ones that have a problem breaking it down. So, you know, it's not something, it's not enriched with the vitamin D, get the vitamin D from the sun, eat your balanced meals. It doesn't have the protein. It's just, it's that and the white bread. When I was growing up, you needed to drink milk and have Wonders white bread to grow strong bones and be healthy. And it's all a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, I've only, I've only recently gotten the milk out of the house. Uh, thanks for my friends. who's was like, well, I, I had it for one of my daughters, but who's three years old and loves whole milk. And then they both love chocolate milk. But I recently switched to like a silk brand almond chocolate milk. And, and one of the girls was like, ew, I'm not trying that. She's three years old. But then I didn't tell her what it was. And I swapped the bottles and she was, now she likes it. So now I'm, now I'm going to start introducing the other types of milk. But yeah, my five-year-old recently was getting tested because she's, you know, doesn't really eat anything. And, and, uh, and my, uh, well, soon to be ex-wife thinks that it's, you know, it's big into dairy, like cheeses and milks and everything. And so what you're saying right here is, uh, you know, I I'll, I'll, I'll tell you with uh, that, like I, I, had everything like I used to when I lived back home in my home country in Norway like milk is everything there and uh, I always like had issues with my stomach and you know getting upset and so on and soon as like and all the toxicity that just pours out of your body through acne and all, whatever it comes uh, through as you know it just suddenly dissipates a lot like after you uh, but if I do get back into doesn't matter what cheese organic or whatever it is, uh, I do get those problems right back as, uh, as they come. So it's, yeah, no, it's interesting how, how much that works. And of course, like the scare is, you know, like you don't get any calcium, you know, your bones are going to get destroyed. Osteoporosis. Uh, yeah. Osteoporosis, right? Like that was a big push. Like, I don't know how much it is anymore, but you know, I remember that from when I was young, you know, the, the big push on, you know, milk and how important it was for your calcium level for your bones to, you know, not be brittle and break right away and, and all that stuff. But it's, it, it's all a, it's all a myth. And of course, like there's, I, I don't know what, what, what is your thoughts on at all? Like, I know that there's, you know, the milk that is, uh, I, I worked with a guy that was a farmer from Croatia, like his dad was a farmer in Croatia. And he actually told me that he never drinks any milk, but raw. And he's like, where's the raw milk here in Canada? <laughs> like non-pasteurized right. milk. 
I, I don't know, like, what do you think about that? I know that a lot of people are pro that, or it's probably uh, illegal. Yeah. It's probably illegal in New York. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, and it's illegal. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would just say, if you can't break down the casein, it's going to be a problem no matter what. And that's what I would say is probably your issue. Because when you can't break down that casein, that's where it clogs your body. So we have, you could get rid of mucus and that um, post-nasal drip and acne, um, as well as mental fogginess. because of the casein. So it doesn't matter if it's organic or not, it still has casein, right? And it causes inflammation. It causes an inflammatory response in the body. So lots of people will do pasteurize because they, you know, un- not processed, right? The raw milk. Um, but we have seen that it's still, if you can't break it down, you're still gonna have a problem, but at least it's not processed. I would just say avoid it altogether. Go with an organic, unsweetened almond yeah, milk. Almond or coconut. Yeah. Coconut, um, never soy, because you don't want the estrogen. Oh, yeah, yeah, no alone about soy too. No rice, rice, yeah. no, because of the arsenic um, and it feeds candida. So don't do that either. I used to make an organic so what about hazelnut organic, milk. What about organic rice? Yeah, so I mean, I would say everything oh, wild, in moderation, wild, 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 yeah. Yeah. you know, like don't okay. have like every day, every day. Um, but you know, a lot of our foods that just have arsenic in it from the air, you know, yeah. <laughs> needless to say the chemtrails. So I shouldn't but, just go get a 50 pound bag of rice for my, for, for prepping then? Uh, I, was, I, was on my, I was on my prepping list. No, no but if you want to like for your kids, right? So there is this great company, Kite Hill. They make cream cheese out of almonds. They have a yogurt. Then they're so delicious. Um, then there's, and you have to watch like for the yogurts I always go for the unsweetened ones, but Kite Hill has a great cream cheese and it's almonds. Then there's, um, on my Instagram and my Pinterest, I take pictures of every brand and all the foods that we eat because we're dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free. Are people just type Uh, your name in to get to your Instagram page? Yes, just Nancy Guberti. That's okay, it. We'll take them right there. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, because I always like to promote these companies. I mean, now there's a gnocchi that's made out of almonds. And I'm like, oh, yes. Because most like being Italian, like gnocchi, then um, they would take it and wrap it in wheat flour and or corn flour. And I'm like, I don't want the corn and I don't want the wheat. I mean, what, why? You know, so there are companies out there now, like even Daya Cheese is from Canada um, and it's D A. I-Y-A cheese. Yeah, I've seen that in the stores, yeah. That's really good. Like it, like when I started this over 20 years ago, alternative cheeses were disgusting, but that's made from tapioca and um, it tastes really good and it's, um, it melts and it comes in blocks and slices and even has a frozen pizza. So they do the gluten-free, corn-free. I'm so happy that there's these companies because they make my life easier. I mean, I never knew how to cook in this bizarre way, you know, especially cheese was important being Northern Italian. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you give it up and you have this and it's just as good. There's really nothing out there that you can't find an alternative of. And before it used to be pretzels, but there's a company called Quinn, um, which is Q-U-I, 
N N. And it's a mom. Lots of that's times my wife, moms. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, it's, it's John's wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make they make you know for their kids that have allergies. So there's so many great companies out there now. No, I, I know we are. I know we are coming up on an hour, and definitely I want to respect your time. But in, in terms of you know the, the whole uh, you know coronavirus and everything that's going on, if someone was to get on the offense and they're let's say they're healthy and they're in terms of offense, you know, doing all the immune boosting things, they're getting enough sleep, they're getting enough vitamin D and sunlight naturally. They're uh, you know getting vitamin C. They're you know doing the things they should be doing. You know how you know, nervous should somebody be? Or do you think, you know, do you think all the mask mandates are, you know, are warranted and, and, and I'm not to get in any trouble with any of these, you know, type subjects, but, you know, is like, how much of a threat do you, do you really think the coronavirus is? I know if we didn't talk about it, I definitely would be hearing about it in the comments. So I at least want to, you know, while this is all going on, I think it's, you know, it's pertinent to bring up, uh, but, you know, definitely appreciate everything we've gotten into today because everything from Goldman Sachs into organic cheese, I mean, and everything in between, but uh, you know, money and health—the two most important things. <laughs> yeah, your health and wealth. What uh, what what level of fear should the average person have, you know, of the of the coronavirus? So I'm, you know, in New York, right by, you know, very close to New York City, and I had many people who had it, and I will say this: that the we kept them all out of the hospital. We did everything natural. And it ranged from people who had pre-existing conditions, right? So I'll answer your question first. If you're healthy and you're doing all the healthy lifestyle factors, you're doing the right thing. Um, there are, like, if you feel under the weather, there are certain supplements that you can take. And I just shot a YouTube video that's going up, I think, tomorrow on, and I, I'm hoping it stays up, um, but there's certain things that you can and, do. And what's, so your, you can, what's your channel so we can plug that? Because this is pre-recorded, so by the time this is up, your video should, if it, unless YouTube yeah. took it down. But where, yeah. can people, where, can people find, uh, where can people find your channel? The YouTube and my Instagram and Pinterest is just Nancy Guberti, and that's G-U-B as in boy, E-R-T-I. And so you want to do a few things. Like I like to keep a first aid kit, as I call it. So there's um, something called Enzyme Defense Pro. And it is an enzyme that you take on an empty stomach and it removes the protein that viruses let out. Um, and you would wanna take that immediately if you're feeling under the weather. So during this time, I had everybody in the family take one on an empty stomach every morning. And we would also take this Candida Plus, which is a bizarre name because it removes Candida. But I'm like, you know what? It's good to keep your GI tract really like strip it of anything that can deter your immune system. So we would take that. And then about an hour later, we would re-inoculate our GI tract with um, Acidophilus and Bifidus and have that drink our water. And then we go into and we eat everything organic. Everything is homemade here. So you always want to take a probiotic. And I would just say acidophilus and bifidus. I would stay away from any strand that is streptococcus. Stay away from it. I've seen that sometimes for kids, it could actually interfere with strep and it's just no good. Why take the chance, right? Um, so you want to make sure you're eating healthy. You want to make sure you're drinking your water. You want to make sure you're taking 
getting your quality sleep. You want to make sure you're managing your stress and anxiety because that weakens your immune system. If you're stressed out, find out a way to manage it. That's not uh, a bad vice. <laughs> like don't go to smoking or drinking. Um, exercise, meditation, yoga, deep breathing, get into your thoughts, you know, go take a walk. That's important. Turn off the news. Don't even watch them, right? Because it's fake. I mean, half of it's garbage. So you want to look at that. And then you want to make sure you're taking your vitamin C. You want to make sure if you're getting a, a CBC, a complete blood count, find out what your vitamin D levels are. Not all doctors check this. Find out what they are and get a copy of your records. Don't just hear from the person saying, oh, it's in the, it's in the norm. But what does it mean if it's like, 30 to 50 and you're at 31, you're on the low end. So you may need to supplement with more vitamin D. Then get some quercetin. If you could get quercetin and bromelain, I know now makes it, there's other brands that make it. Quercetin mimics the closest to hydrochloroquine um, and zinc. So that combination could really boost your immune system if you're nervous or if you're around people who are positive or asymptomatic and, and you're just concerned, I would highly recommend getting some silver. Not, you know, the nanoparticle silver now also has um, a liquid silver, I think in an eight ounce bottle. Take a cap of that. What does silver do? It's like, 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 colloidal, like colloidal silver? Is that the... No, they have like a, it is like that, but then there is like this nanoparticle one that's from Utah. Um, and I know that now actually um, private labels it as well. So it's not buy now, but they get it from this place in Utah, um, Silver Biotics. So that's great. You just take a cap of it. What does that do? It's antimicrobial. It's antiviral. Uh, it also can help the problem with the coronavirus that we saw if you were anemic or if you had blood pressure issues or if you were overweight and you got this, it could clot the blood. So the silver helps it not do that. Obviously, if you're on Coumadin or blood thinner or any medication, you always have to check with your medical practitioner. This is just like for empowering and educational information. You want to make sure. But these are the things that you could go to or at least I, wouldn't, I would have in your first aid kit because they did get sold out and they weren't available for several months during the craze of the beginning of the coronavirus, like with the toilet paper as well. So um, you want to have this as your first aid kit to go to. You don't have to take all these on a daily basis. Like I would definitely do the probiotic, the vitamin C, the vitamin D. I'd keep the zinc, the quercetin. I'd keep the silver. I'd keep the Enzyme Defense Pro hanging around for sure. And if you're into homeopathic, I mean, the FDA I'm on oregano always... oil. Sorry. Oregano oil is great. It boosts your immune system. It's fantastic. You know, I, I, so... elder, something like elderberry. I, elderberry I would... is great too. Like So those are great to have in your kit. And those you know, were so, I, I'm pretty sure that I had coronavirus like January 3rd. I was in New York for a wedding and it was open bar on New Year's Eve. So obviously my immune system is down coming from Arizona where it's hot to New York where it's cold and outdoors and flying back at a layover in DC. And my first Facebook post of the year was I've been shivering while simultaneously sweating for 48 hours straight. I didn't take a single thing. My wife was way where she got, she was sick for like three or four weeks. The kids, we thought they had a pink eye and then I was fatigued. 
my heart rate was about double what it usually was, but my resting heart rate's like 30. So luckily, you know, my double is, you know, <laughs> normal for average people. So, uh, and then I felt fatigued for like a month and a half after, after this. And, but, you know, I, I, I got tested for antibodies in the end of June, but you know, that was six months later. So that was negative. But ever since then, I, you know, I've been going on the offense, taking, you know, you know, things like elderberry, but you know, that was, but I had taken that in January and then went to go, you know, order it again in February. And then by March, it was already all sold out. And so yes. got to get on the offense with these things and with toilet paper, not to get disgusting, but I decided I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, so this is, I had bought a bunch before, you know, before everybody panicked, but then I'd also bought a bidet too, for like 30 bucks on, on Amazon. So I'm like, you know what, that's a much smarter idea. I'm like, well, everybody else, everyone else you know, gets to make fun of me all you want, but you know, when all this stuff is going down, you know, that's reusable. Um, and, but yeah, it's just, people never really think of these things and they, you know, and, you know, I hear things like my, you know, I'm going through a divorce right now, but my wife's like, well, how, why are you taking all this? is like in February. She's like, why are you taking all this stuff still? Like, you're not sick anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. I don't want to, I don't want to get sick. That's why I'm taking all this stuff. Uh, but you know, that's, but that's the common attitude that people have. You're like, oh, my doctor didn't, how come my doctor didn't tell me about this? I'm like, well, cause your doctor had, you know, a three-hour class on nutrition for one day and you know right in their they don't know and there's no yeah. there's really no money in you know i like me personally i want a person to be self-reliant i want that person to learn how to take charge of their health and their life and if you give all the tools you can do that if the person then takes it and runs with it. You know, it's like the baton race. You passed it, now go. Um, but with doctors, they almost keep it like the Dr. Oz, right? Like, you know, in, in the Wizard of Oz, where they're behind the curtain, they have all this knowledge and they really don't. Um, and they, their toolkit is very limited. So, and they really usually are not very healthy themselves, God, you know, if you ever look at half of them. So to have all of these tools are really good. And for the people who have had two things, the people who have had coronavirus or thought they had it, I always say take Enzyme Defense Pro because this is, you know, it's similar to parasites where parasites could create biofilms and the biofilms create that protein. So the Enzyme Defense Pro will eliminate like the residual. That's why I like that. The second thing is you have Yogi Tea, it has organic tea and it's um, throat comfort mm -hmm. and it has mullen in it and it has different herbs in it. And then there's a breathe deep one in it. Yeah, you know, get those teas as well because those were back ordered for several weeks at a That's time. That's great. I, I have my whole uh, closet full of those actually, the herbal oh. ones, yeah. Well, and you'd, mentioned, you'd mentioned the Oz man behind the curtain and actually the, I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary, it was called The Secrets of Oz where, I mean, the whole thing is an allegory about central banking and the yellow brick road was meant to symbolize the gold standard. And, and so that, and you know, the cowardly lions of William Jennings Bryan from back in the day. So, I mean, I saw like a decade ago, I can't remember the whole thing, but and it's, it's funny that you bring up, you know, you know, here we are tying back health and finance back with, uh, with <laughs> Oz. So. Yeah. And actually her slippers weren't really ruby in the book. It was silver. So, you know, then that was kind of, you know, meant to, you know, symbolize, uh, you know, more like a common person, you know, would have the silver, not have the gold, but they're going down the gold yellow brick road. And so, yeah, I highly recommend people check that out too. You know, I'm going to put it up on screen right now. It's uh, Bill Still, I think has created it. It's uh, The Secret of Oz. You can find it on YouTube. 
Uh, and for all you finance economic nerds uh, who are out there, which obviously, you know, everyone who's listening to us pretty much are. So, um, you know, but I, mean, I, I do, you know, want to, you know, respect your time today. We're a little over an hour now and I know John's got to get back to work too, but we, you know, definitely appreciate, you know, spending time with us today. You got, you guys could find her Instagram and her YouTube by uh, typing in her name, Nancy Guberte, G-U-B is a boy, E-R-T-I. And uh, do you also have a, a podcast as well? People can check out and, and a book. I so my podcast is Total Wellness Empowerment with Nancy Guberti, and my book is Healthy Living Every Day. And basically, it's just one page a day. It has the date. All you have to do is one page a day. So many people buy books and they get halfway through or quarter through and they never read the rest. And I'm like, it's just one page. That's all you have to think about enough to digest. One day it's about your health. One day it's about your mindset because doing this for over 20 years, the people who take their health and lifestyle seriously also have their mindset in the game as well. So Thank you. We do have your, your website up there on screen right now. So nancyguberte.com forward slash podcast to find the podcast. And, you know, if you guys go and you're, you're not, you're actually watching this, not just look, looking at the video, you can tell that Nancy looks like she's probably 20 years younger than she really is, which is, you know, all the proof. Cause you know, you don't want to, you know, take advice from someone who's out of shape. And it's funny because I actually had a comment on my Instagram where somebody goes, and this is a person that John and I used to work with. Uh, and they said, Hey, you know, I, you know, I really respect everything you do, but I wouldn't take health advice from you. I would take it from this person. I'm like, Oh, the person that still lives at home with their mom and who eats McDonald's every day, who's telling you to be scared of the mask. And yeah, let's take the health advice for him and not, you know, a seven time Ironman triathlete, uh, you know, who's qualified for the national cop national championship in triathlon and everything else. Yeah. Let's not take advice from him, but you know what? Don't take advice from me. You should go research the stuff on your own, figure it out and know that big pharma is not your friend. They're there to make money, not to make friends. And, uh, and definitely recommend you guys check out uh, Nancy's website at nancyguberte.com. Check out everything with John Snyson at theeconomictruth.org. And make sure to check out the redpillexpo.org. And then you've got all of my stuff at the Liberty Advisor and the Liberty Advisor Show. That's it. So we appreciate everyone for tuning in. And until next time, it's Tim and John. With, and, and actually, we are, this is a, you are following up on a pretty big time guest. So our last guest was Gia Griffin. So you got, you did have pretty big shoes to fill and we definitely appreciate everything uh, you had to offer today, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bo. Yeah, thank you.